Hi, and welcome back. This is Penny and Amy, and this is the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. I am so excited in particular about this show because we're going to talk a little bit about Amazon, and it's kind of a rabbit hole. So um, take good notes, and uh, we'll obviously have a follow-up uh, post on this on the blog. It, it, it's a it's an interesting, fun, and somewhat complicated system that we're going to break down for you today in in today's call. I wanted to also remind you that we are doing Can This Book Be Saved? And the promos are out there. Uh, I hope that we get lots and lots of people participating because we're really, really excited about this. We're going to carve out 10 minutes in every show and for as long as we have books to evaluate and do some short evaluations on them just you know things that could maybe be better or uh or um that can be changed or modifications to whatever so and hopefully that information will be helpful and help you to sell more books amy um I'm excited about the show, both because you and I have talked about the Amazon search issues for a while, and we've both been kind of saying, what the heck is going on with the Amazon? And then I know one day we talked and I said, oh, I'm so excited. I think I figured it out. And and I want to preface this by saying that I, um, there are a few things that we're going to break down in this call that are contributing to some of the weird stuff that you're seeing on Amazon. Yeah, I'm very excited about this because, yeah, like like Penny said, we would randomly but consistently discuss things that are happening on Amazon that just seem either suspicious or new or unusual because that means something's happening with Amazon on the back end. And uh, yeah, I give you a lot of credit, Penny, because you are very diligent about tracking all of these things and have essentially conditioned me to now also keep an eye on things and mention them to you, even when I have no reason why they don't make sense. Like, I don't even go that far. I just say, hey, I saw something weird the other day. This is what happened. (laughs) Just so I can make sure that it is now like out of my brain and into pennies so she can add it to her bank of things that she is constantly tracking with Amazon just to like and trying to figure out and make sense of. So it's, it's really a, it's always an ongoing process. And, you know, one of the main reasons you are constantly updating your truckload book. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and it's a challenge too, because it's not like, you know, Jeff Bezos and I are buddies and he calls me every time Amazon (laughs) has made, has made an algorithm change, right? If he was smart, he would. I feel like he's gotten away from his core business model, honestly. Right. (laughs) Well, now he's retiring, so it's all just gone to hell. But, (laughs) but the thing, so, and this is really such like the Amazon algorithm is my love language. I know that makes me sound like such a weird nerd, but I just absolutely love it. And I want to start with this. So absolutely everything matters on Amazon. Absolutely everything. And we're seeing this wonky search. And let me explain what I mean when I say wonky search. So what I mean is, is that if I'm searching for a, let's say if I'm searching for a romance novel, and Amy sent me a text last night with a search, the particular search that she did, right? That was just so bizarre. Um, I'm searching for a romance novel. And in the best-selling romance books is a children's book, right? So I'm looking at the bestseller list. I'm like, what is this children's book doing here? 
right? Um, or in the case of even looking up product, right? So you're looking up, let's say, a, uh, a, a toy, a kid's toy or something like that. And you see this rowing machine or something weird in search. And the first thought, of course, is, well, Amazon's broken. Somebody needs to fix Amazon. But it really goes a little deeper than that, I think. And this is just based on where I feel, just some of the evidence that I've seen when I go onto Amazon and say, okay, let's break this down and figure out why this happens. The first is the also bots, which I have preached kind of high and low. I have a blog up on our website about it. Um, it's, It's creating a real problem, right? And let me back up and start sort of with an example. So we, so our website ranks for book marketing and publicity, which makes me very happy. And that's what we do, right? We're book publicists. Google knows this because we tell Google how to rank us. And we tell Google by um, using search terms on our website and um, blog posts that we put up are all aligned with book publicity and book marketing. But let's say that one day I get crazy and I decide that I want to put up a blog post on making beer cheese soup. And I actually made beer cheese soup and it was awesome. But, and I share this great recipe that I found because I'm so excited about it. I want to put it up on my blog. Um, What happens is Google sees this and thinks, oh, they must be a cooking website now. And then what happens is we've told Google how to rank us. Please rank us also for recipes. And Google will because and it, this won't happen immediately, but at some point we will start coming up under those searches. And of course, I will lose my mind. Right. And I can't help but think <laughs> narrative tension. But no, this is a great analogy. And now I'm also really hungry because it's around lunchtime <laughs> that we're recording this. <laughs> oh, great. Now we're talking about soup. But you know, in all seriousness, for all we talk about being prepared to learn and pivot and evolve, your plan for how you want potential buyers to find you needs to be strategic and consistent. This is not an area where you just throw things at the wall and hope that they stick. Right. So any deviation you make to how you want people to find you and find your product, find your book needs to be backed by a lot of tracking, a lot of data. These are things you just want to guess at. And so, you know, speaking back to our our website and the blog, we're very careful about introducing new keywords and so careful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I spend a lot of time, Penny and I do a monthly meeting on this. And I spend a lot of time each month going back through and pulling all new data for all of our keywords. And then I start looking around to see, okay, are there any keywords that we're missing? Like what kind of play are these keywords getting? What other mm-hmm. websites are ranking for these? Are they websites like ours? So does it really make sense? Are, you know, is that keyword going to get us in front of the right people or does it just sound good? And it's actually anyway, but there is really a lot of data and analysis that has to go into utilizing keywords, whether it's on your website or, you know, on Amazon, which is, you know, essentially, like Penny has always said, a search engine in and of itself. So there really are a lot of similarities there. Well, and that's why we are so strict about our website, as you pointed out, and and changing lanes because search will follow you. And to segue back over to Amazon, Amazon is exactly the same way. So the Amazon algorithm operates very similarly to what Google does. 
Um, and how, do, so how does this happen on Amazon, right? So you think, well, okay, fine, Penny, I get the whole recipe thing, blog post, get it, get it, get it. But how does this happen on Amazon? Well, one way that this happens is um, with also bots, right? Also bots. So let me back up a little bit. The first 30 days that your book is on Amazon, Amazon is learning about your, um, Amazon is learning about your book. It's learning what your book is, right? So if you have, let's say your book launches and you get super excited and you tell all your family and friends about your thriller novel, um, because we all like, we get super like, oh, look at my books on Amazon. And let's say that you have a lot of folks in the family, in your family who quilt. So lots of quilters, right? Um, and really, you know, even though your family supports you, they're really not mystery readers, right? But because you sent out an email, they will click on your book and see what you did and maybe buy it to support you, maybe not. But their shopping preferences have now followed followed you to your page. In other words, within days, your also bots will start showing up with quilting books. So what you've essentially done is you've put up a blog post on your mystery thriller book that says, this is also about quilting. Because <laughs> Amazon doesn't know. Like Amazon assumes, right? Their algorithm assumes that people who land on your page are there because that's the topic they like. And so all of their search follows them to your page, right? And you have other family members, so maybe they're not all quilters, maybe they're children's books, but now you have children's books that show up on the also bots too. And this is, I think, one of two, and we're going to cover the other one, um, but this is one of two ways that the Amazon search starts to get wonky. Um, and if you look at books and you look at, the, and they're not always termed as also bots, just so you know, but sometimes... Amazon changes the name of the also bots, but I'm not talking about the sponsored posts, which we're going to talk about in a minute. I'm talking specifically about customers also viewed or customers also bought or something like that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, I've seen that. Three. That totally makes sense, Penny. And I've absolutely seen that and wondered where it came from because when I'm researching keywords and categories for books, I make a point to wear two very different hats at the same time. I look at results and the data as the marketing person who needs to make strategic recommendations. But then I also go through this entire process as an Amazon shopper as well, because at the end of the day, that's who we're trying to cater to, right? We're trying to pull in readers. We are trying to find, make sure that readers are finding the books that we're helping our authors with. And that's what makes our keyword research so much more effective than the kind of results you would typically get from a generator or a bot generator or something like that, because generators only use data. And while we've said over and over again, the data is absolutely important. It doesn't factor in the human element of book buying and shopping. It doesn't factor in Amazon's platform and what it's like to be on that page, being distracted by all the different things going on and uh, ways that Amazon is trying to pull shoppers in different directions simultaneously. And so, you know, that's why our research is so much more aligned with how real people shop and buy. Yeah. And it plays into this so well, 
with the also bought conversion, that just makes so much more sense because if a shopper sees a bunch of random also bots associated with a book, I think there's going to be a natural tendency to question whether or not the book that they landed on is really right for them. And that's a very, that's, that's a precarious situation to be in, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So someone shopping lands there and they're like, well, wait, but other people that bought this also apparently bought all these other things that I'm not at all interested in. Maybe, maybe there's something amiss here. And as an author, you might be like sitting there slamming your hands against the desk saying like, but that doesn't, that's not logical, but it's like, you know, the shoe the human shopping experience is complex right. and it's not always totally logical, but you have to, I think that's an important thing that we need to keep in mind always is that Logic only takes you so far and you really have to understand the human element of the shopping experience and how people actually use Amazon to also account for what's within your control and how to kind of combat these issues. Right, exactly. And the other, the other piece of that though too is, is that I think when you talk about, I love your example, by the way, of um, if they're all like, if I'm, if I'm looking at a book and, and I'm seeing all this weird also bought stuff and then, like, well, that's not really my market. Um, by the same token, you know, if you have readers, you know, readers are going to be bringing their own shopping experience also to Amazon. Your also bots may include, um, different, like if you've written a book, let's say on, um, organic cooking, you're, you know, some of the books that, that are uh, listed and there might include organic gardening and other mm-hmm. types of things. So the flow is still the same, even though the topic is different. It's, but if I'm making sense, you know, the also bots are a reflection of, of the reader. No, I think you're making a lot of sense. And I think, again, that supports the fact that the, this, this is also, you really have to include the human element in deciding what's working for you and what's not and deciding if there are things you need to try to fix or improve on and things like that. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, can we talk about the product page also? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about the product page. I want to just add that, um, the also bots can be fixed, right? So, if you're sitting here listening to this and you think, oh my gosh, I just did this and you know, this is going to mess up my book. The also bots can be fixed. It takes, you know, it can take 30 days to 60 days, sometimes three months. It really depends on how many of the wrong people kind of went to your page and how much, how many continue to do so. Um, so the also bots can be fixed, but it takes time. And remember that the first 30 days of the, the life of your Amazon, you know, book launch, is the most important to the life of your book. So if you're thinking, well, but I really want to tell my friends and family, great. Can you send them to your website instead? Can you wait 30 days to maybe tell your friends and family, even though I know y'all want to have, I'm the same way. Like I want to tell everybody whenever I launched a book, but just, you know, be careful with that because it can impact it affects everything. It affects your ability, your book's ability to come up in the right search too. Um, so book descriptions, because you and I feel really strongly about book descriptions. Um, you want to take it away? Yes. I love that first 30 days though. I have to say like, that's yeah. a very, 
that's like, if there's one takeaway is just keeping that in mind when you're making decisions about not only what you're doing after your book is released, but also when you're prepping for a release and all those things about, you know, that we talk about again, book descriptions about to in just a second, but keeping all those things in mind that those first 30 days are really critical yeah. and you have to put your best version out there. And we see this a lot with book descriptions. We talked about this on our first show of season two about staying in your lane. And this yes. has a lot to do with that as well, because there are some really specific rules to formatting and how your book should be presented in the book description that makes it more appealing at face value. Again, this is about the shopper experience. And this is a really critical element because if you get it wrong, if you if your book description is not pleasant for a shopper to view and consume, you know, you're almost going to guarantee that that person is going to end up clicking away because nobody wants to work that hard at figuring you out. Right. You know, that is not something that you should bank on um, or even hope and pray about if we're being totally honest. (laughs) Right. But the other piece of this also is assuming you get, say you get the formatting and the presentation of your product correct, and it looks really good at face value. You also have to make sure your description speaks to your market. And again, staying in your lane, like, are you kicking it off with an absolutely irresistible opening line? Are you backing it up by highlighting all the best parts of your story? You know, for fiction, this is a blend of, I think, genre expectations for sure, but also like kind of combining in those unique elements of your story and what makes your work special. And then for nonfiction, this is absolutely ensuring you're answering an established marketing, a market need or problem. You know, you want to leave no question as to why your book is the better option than the hundreds of thousands of other books that are out there that you are trying to compete with. And I know that sounds like a lot of pressure, but that's the kind of expectations you need to put on yourself. Like, be real about how many books out there are potentially competing with you. And your goal should be to design your description so you stand out as the one resource they absolutely have to have. Well, and it's also about, you know, we come, we, you know, we keep repeating this whole phrase of staying in your lane, staying in your lane. But it's also, I think, about being very crystal clear on what your genre is too. And in particular for um for genre fiction, right? And and I and I, let's just say science fiction. And I know I use this in our first show as an example, but sci-fi has a lot of quirky, fun subgenres to it, right? Um, and if you're not clear about exactly who your market is and who your you know your genre is, and you you know infuse that into your book description, for example, um, it's going to impact your search. It'll impact everything, and it just creates a a challenging experience for your book on Amazon. If just not to put too to put too fine a point on it. Um, and then the other thing is Amazon ads, and this is again. Um, to some degree, you can control this, and to some degree, you can't. But I think Amazon ads, because Amazon is really pushing ads for books because they are they want their AMS platform to be competitive with Google AdWords. Um, you're we're seeing a lot of weird searches as well. A lot of it has to do with I think people doing ads. Um, for markets that they're not really clear on. So the sci-fi is an example, like not really understanding um, 
you know, what your subgenre is, or the thriller mystery cozy is always kind of a, mar- uh, you know, is always kind of an example that I lean on because it's so obvious, right? If you're, if, if you're sitting in a cozy mystery market and you think you're going to promote your book to thriller and mystery people on Amazon ads and running your book that aligns with, let's say the thriller market, mm-hmm. um, not only will, you know, this impact your the also bots just to come back to that it impacts your search um but it'll create like it it makes your book page challenging and can impact your amazon relevancy score and we haven't we've talked about the relevancy score um i think we did a mini sode on it um and i talk yeah. about it quite a bit in our amazon um video master video amazon program that we that we have but your Amazon relevancy score is essentially the score and it's an unknown score. And I don't know that Amazon actually calls it relevancy score, but that's what Google terms for websites, like the relevancy score for websites. So I'm assuming that Amazon is just using sort of the same terminology. And it's basically how relevant is your book to the market? Okay. So if you are sending quilters to your mystery book page and all your also bots are showing up as quilt, you know, quilters. Um, or if you're sending these same quilters to your Amazon book page and they're not buying your book, it impacts your Amazon relevancy score, right? So sending people to your book page and not having them buy hurts your visibility on Amazon for lack of a better term. Um, so if it, does that, it, does that make sense? I realize yes. I, I unpacked a lot with that. No, I know when I'm just sitting here like fanning myself because I get like anxiety over. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know it. But it's true. And I think it's important. I appreciate, I hope everybody else listening also appreciates that we discuss these things and for what it's worth, like normalizing the fact that this is not an exact science all the time. Right. Because we do encourage authors to do this work, put in the work, learn how to do this research for yourself, learn about running ads, learn about you know, figuring out what keywords may look best. But I think all of that, part of that is also understanding where you might get tripped up and being able to process like, okay, I actually heard Penny and Amy talking about this. This is normal right now. I need to push ahead and focus on what I know matters because I'm seeing this a lot, Penny too. It's really throwing me off. I've been seeing ads now for non-book products showing up in Kindle searches. Yeah. And these are products that make no sense for the genre or topic I'm researching. So, I mean, I don't care how creative, you know, the marketing plan is at some point, things are just wrong. So this is not even like, oh, they've got a really creative approach to this that I didn't think about. It's like, no, this is just not right. Um, Right. And that's just another distracting element that you can't really control. So, but again, that's kind of where it comes back to the things you can't control should have you putting more focus on the things that you can, which That's are such a great, we need to put that on a meme. Yeah. So, <laughs> so fabulous. Oh my gosh. But it's true. Right. So, okay. We've, we've listed things that are out of your control right now that are just weird, bizarre things that are happening with Amazon search and it's going to keep happening. But, you know, we've given a lot of tips and advice on the things that you can control, like really, making sure your product page is stellar. We've got great resources. And as Penny mentioned, our master Amazon video membership that walks you through understanding and executing Amazon ads the right way. So there really are a lot of things that you can do right. But 
we are now in an age, I, you know, of publishing where you can't afford to slack off right, or feign ignorance on your part that you like, oh, I just didn't know. It's like, that's not really a thing anymore. I mean, you can try to pull that, but it, it's not going to help you any. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I think that it is a, um, if you, it's, we heard a great uh, analogy at a conference Amy and I did, and we use this a lot. Never try to sell a puppy to a cat person, right? Yes, I love that so much. Yeah, so. That made, it, that made the whole trip to Florida worth it, that one comment. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> I know. Not to downgrade all the other great things that happened, but we have used that. Great so, yeah, we have used that so much and have been able to apply that to so many different things to really make it make sense. It's a great line. And, you know, I think the moral of the story is, is that while Amazon search is wonky, um, I really don't think it's Amazon. Like, I don't think that it's Amazon having, like, Amazon's having glitches. Amazon, And it's not that Amazon doesn't have glitches. Absolutely, that happens. This is... The reason that we are seeing this is because of books that are misranked. And the, the, the lesson, or hopefully the takeaway for you all after listening to the show is, is that be sure that you aren't one of those people that is contributing to these bad search results. Because uh, it's not like, you know, the, the whole, like, we all have to contribute to not littering. Like, that's an important statement. You're not going to be able to control everybody, every other author on Amazon, right? The only thing that you can control is your little domain. And if you make sure, like Amy said, focus on the things that you can control and the rest will fall into place. Just know that absolutely everything matters on Amazon. Everything factors into your search. So make sure that you're doing all the right things. This was a really fun show. This was, it was easier to unpack than I thought it was going to be because <laughs> it's, a, you know, I, like I said, I live and breathe like SEO is an Amazon algorithm is sort of my love language, which I know sounds super weird, but um, I just, I love this topic. Thank you again so much for tuning in. Uh, be on the lookout for our promos of Can This Book Be Saved? If you're interested in getting access to our Amazon Master Amazon video uh, subscription, there are details in the show notes with a promo code for our listeners. And don't forget to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. 